welcome to another episode of the Friday Night Movie Podcast. We are so excited to welcome the brilliant writer, director, actor, Ken Drachman. Am I saying that correctly? I just yeah, that was perfect. The only mistake is that I am not, I guess, a director, though I am going to oh. try and direct my next mm-hmm. one. Just I know, I know. It's not you. Everybody does that. I'm like, okay. is it? Isn't it? Because I just feel like I don't know why. You know what? That's so. Do you want me to redo it? The intro? Oh, I don't care. This is actually a funny place where I talk about how uh, this industry see the director is the end all be all, even though my bitterness will. Uh, I have a whole campaign against it, so I'm happy but, to like. Yeah. But especially if you. But you. But you like the, the director. But you like the director that directed your film. Oh, a hundred percent. I just, I see, oh, okay, my, just is, oh yeah, 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 she, I just, you know, it's my baby, but everyone right. who was, has, <laughs> like, the festivals that accepted the film were like, we want to talk to the director, I'm like, she wouldn't, she's amazing, she wouldn't know to talk to you about the five years of development, though, because it wasn't her baby, and she wasn't I, here you know for what? Her. I think it comes across so strongly that this is your baby, that I assumed I automatically that you must have had a hand in every single part of it because of how much you are connected to it. Yeah, so no, not not just you. Um, sorry, go ahead. I, I have a question. I mean, if we can dive right into talking about this very beautiful film, Book of Ruth. Um, I, I'm curious when, when, when something is your baby that way, what's your relationship with the director like? And I know we haven't even set up what the film is or about right. or any of that for our listeners. Maybe we want to to do that first and but I'm now I'm very curious yeah sure I mean I think it's a completely different world and you know I'll shout, shout out my incredible team of the movie Becca Ross directed the movie beautifully uh Caitlin Gold produced the movie beautifully I was the uh writer executive producer as well as uh a cast member um I think it's very different when you look at like a studio produced film versus independent film I think um, a lot of independent filmmakers, especially like, let's call it the lower tier financially, uh, the writer is the person who comes with the idea, you know? So the writer is the one who pushes things to happen. In my case, I was the one who um, organized the live reading at the New York JCC, two and a half years into working on this. I was the one who reached out to Tova. Um, and I was, I think, pretty much involved even when, when Becca came on board. That was about, I think, eight months to a year before we sh- started filming. So at this point, I spent four years with it. It will be wow. very, very different if it's done in a studio uh, right. setting. Sometimes a writer will be hired to uh, develop someone else's idea, someone else's the studio. Sometimes the writer comes to the studio if he already has a relationship and pitches something. You know, um, and so a director there, first of all, has a much bigger responsibility because of the uh, finances involved and, you know, the the mechanisms of what it takes to make a a studio feature. I'm not even talking about an action film. That's a whole whole different ballgame, right? right? (laughs) But I think in indie, you'll see a lot of people wearing many, many hats. Um, I did our location, sort of, you know, I was the one uh, (laughs) kind of like finding our locations. I found few optional cater caterings. What do you call that? I don't know. In a in a studio production, in a let's call it, and I'm I'm doing quotation marks for our listeners. Let's call it legitimate production. Um, <laughs> would have different people doing all these things. You have a location supervisor. You right. you know you have craft services. Exactly, exactly. Right. right. So um, I worked on it for a while. Wait. And, so wait. 
so wait for craft services on yours. Tova Felcha, the amazing actress, is in it. She mentions matzo brai in the movie. <laughs> is she making matzo brai? I know you're very competitive with your yeah. matzo brai recipe. I'm very competitive with my matzo brai recipe. Yeah. Should you, me, and Tova get together um, and have a matzo brai competition? Uh, look, I don't know. Uh, I've never tried uh, Tova matzo brai. This is starting to sound like a euphemism. I want to make it clear <laughs> that we are very much talking about matzo brai, proper matzo brai. Um, uh, you know, a week before the filming, it was right around Passover time, we had a rehearsal at Tova's house. And I baked my matzo brai for everyone. Wow. And everyone was very happy. Tova was uh, raving. So, Shai, I don't know if, if you want this humiliation. You know, like I, my... I, I, I'm gonna... I'm gonna mediate here. Fan, this is a tough crowd because we are very big fans of Shai's matzo brai. I'm gonna mediate, and, and I'm gonna say that he he studied under a master matzo brai chef, our mother. So he had many years of preparation. He does his in a frying pan. Right. So I took Wait, my grandma's recipe. I, I get, but then I bake also because I put it in the oven to keep it hot. Oh, that's amazing. Right. And it crisps at the top. Look, you know what, Chai, I'll say this. I will be happy to lose because it means yours are amazing. Um, <laughs> I used to fry mine. I am, I am using my uh, grandma's recipe, which Ooh. to me is just superiority all around. Uh, she used to fry them. I tried to be a little healthier, so I started baking them, but I definitely fried them for the longest time. So, okay. you know, we, we need to make this happen. And the, the good thing is that Becky and I will get to eat all this matzo bread. Exactly. So. At the end of the day, like, everybody gets amazing matzo Allie, bread, so. Allie and I throw a matzo bread party at our house. Uh, when the schedule works out on Passover, you're invited. Amazing. Put it on your calendar when we, when we get Amazing. It. Come amazing. down, hang out with us. All right, I didn't mean to take us completely off the um the <laughs> it's a very important of your, topic of your brilliant of your brilliant film, but matzo brai is a I, serious topic. Well, to just to, but okay, that's so gonna, part of the authenticity of this um, brilliant right. film. So you know, so um, if I may, I'm just going to set up the film a little bit. Um, sure. Everybody should go and watch it. You can get it um for free on Omleto. Is that am I saying that right? Omelito. Omelito. I, I just, believe. I, it might be Amelito, but I just feel like it's begging me to say Amelito. I know, I know. I don't know. I, I'm also, um, I'm okay. also thinking about omelets every time I exactly. See, it all comes I, back to food. It's it, a very it Jewish brain, yeah, for sure. And so you can uh, search for it there. Book of Ruth. Yeah. A, it's a short film. It is brilliant, and it's about a Jewish family and getting together for Passover, and then some secrets um, come out. I. We, I think there has to be spoilers in this episode because otherwise I don't sure. know how we can fully talk about it. I recommend you go and anybody who's listening, go and take 15 minutes, sit and watch it, yeah. absorb it, and then come back and listen because it's very poignant yeah. and uh, very meaningful. And was it always, I was going to ask you, was it always, speaking of matzo bride, was it always centered around of a gathering of Passover? Was that a coincidence? Yeah, yeah. Did... well, I say, first of all, if we want to make it a little easier for the listeners, if they go to www.thebookofruthfilm.com, there's a link right there on the main page. Perfect. So, yeah, instead of going to Amaletto, and yeah. <laughs> um, so conveniently, um, this was kind of influenced by a real study that was made by Dan Frank House. 
Um, they, uh, yeah, you know, they still release um, studies every now and then. That's why there's been a talk about her uh, hypothetical bisexuality in the last few years because there's so many, so much material from the um, the diary that was never published. You know, it was edited or you know catered by her father years and years ago. Um, so there's still some studies come out of the uh, Anne Frank House uh, in Amsterdam, and um, this specific one was talking about how uh, her death date was not when originally assumed. It was actually earlier, and they based it on some new eyewitnesses who just came and described the progression of her disease. So they knew she was probably way sicker and probably didn't die in March, but in February of that year. Um that study was released very late March 2015, very close to Passover. So, and I was kind of like trying to build around this. I was like, oh, you know, I want to create a situation when they're talking about this and show like a family gathering. And, you know, and I was like, oh, what if they come over? Like this would be on the news, hypothetically speaking, right around the time that they're meeting for Passover. If we're imagining this happened in 2015, it's all you know, give or take a week here or there, but overall right. pretty close. So I was like, oh, how convenient and how considerate of the Anne Frank House to release it so close to Passover to make this even more authentic. So, um, and I think we even looked out at other news clips from that time in the region where the movie happens, just so our news anchor, one of my best friends who so could like read a longer piece that also refers to other international news. Right. So we try to really have this authenticity. So, yeah. and, I mean, it, and also I think it's meaningful that they're sent, they're they're sitting around performing or enjoying celebrating. Sorry, the proper word is celebrating a, yeah. a, a, an important um, Jewish holiday that is essentially about freedom and yeah, yeah, enslavement and of all kinds. And so I think that it's the the parallels there to what you know, World War II and the Holocaust mm-hmm. and Anne Frank were were very poignant and meaningful. And I think it yeah. worked out really well. Yeah. I guess you both spoiled things. it without, uh, you know, we, we'd said a secret and then we just started right. talking about Anne Frank. Right. But uh, yeah, and conveniently, <laughs> unintentionally, again, we ended up shooting a week after Seder. Uh, yeah, it wow. just happened, you know. So it was, it all felt very like meant to be kind of, yeah. No, no, I was going to, I was just going to ask. So you asked, you, you got to act, but we won't give away the spoiler, but there's a great secret. It's Anthrick related as you can get, but to just go and watch it, everyone. But you got to act opposite, like the great, the legendary Tova Felcha for, for those, for those, I mean, the thing that we've most referenced on this show that she's been in is, um, uh, crazy ex-girlfriend, but you're talking like one of the most legendary Jewish actresses. I of mean, all her time. stage work aside, like let's leave her like stage work and theater because that's uh, in its own entire career. But also, she was even like I watched her on The Walking Dead. She was amazing on The Walking Dead, which is uh-huh. that's the range that we're talking here. Yeah, yeah, a hundred percent. And then she got to play, and, uh, I think, the president of the United States uh, in a Canadian show, which name I'm forgetting, but yeah. I'll look it up. Yeah. yeah. No, but we love Canadian shows in our family. Yeah. And so yeah. Canadian, a, show, a Canadian show with Tobo Fletcher as president, like that's yeah. my new favorite show. There you go. Uh, so you had to both write words that she is going to say, mm-hmm. right? And she said words from all of the greats. And by the way, you're going to act opposite her in those words. 
how do you get ready for that experience? What's that like? It's not going to sound very uh, <laughs> romantic, I guess, but like uh, it's kind of like autopilot because I go there and I have a job to do, you know, and when I'm writing, I don't think, and I think for a lot of people ask me, how was the experience? I'm like, I didn't really enjoy it until after the fact, because in real time, I'm just like, okay, I have a script to write. I'm going to write the script. Okay. I want to get Tova. I'll, I'll ask Tova. It's like, it, it became so technical in my work mode that I didn't really stop to think, oh, you know, of course there was a moment of, yes, this is working out. This is great. But also from like a, a creator's perspective, I was like, oh, great, it's working out. That helps me <laughs> technically because now I have an actress. Not even like, oh, my God, it's Tova, you know? Um, uh, right, you were like, that, check the box, got one. I know, I know. It's a to-do list, and I had to go through it. And then on, right. on set, I was like, okay, I, again, a little bit of a producer's brain as well. And, um, and sorry, when, can, I, can I ask when you approached her... Mm-hmm. what that was like because I feel like yeah. this topic is so delicate and very um mm-hmm. personal to so many Jewish mm-hmm. people and people in the world but but I would say Chen is also Israeli and I feel like Israelis right are have the most direct amazing swagger of like any of the this Jews is- like if any Jew is going <laughs> to go up and I've now having I've met Chen before this like having met Chen I can completely visualize Chen going up to Tova Felcha and inviting her. So I want to, I want to sort of like, I just feel like the topic is one that like, you never would want to come off. I'm assuming, you know, even in glorious bastards, which is brilliant, but really on the edge of, you know, turning the Holocaust maybe into satire and that, and he's not even Jewish, you know, I mean, of course you have. Is it is is an honorary Israeli now? But yeah, right now he's exactly now he's that guy loves Tel Aviv. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. it's really funny. But um, and then of course you have Mel Brooks and all that. But but you know to maybe mess with the story or touch on a story that is so you know revered. Um, I you know I would I would have been nervous and be like oh I hope it doesn't I I'm not mis you know resenting or yeah. I would have been too much in my head. Yeah. It's very brave that you a wrote this story and b took this big swing for an actress like that to work with you. How did you approach her? Um, so first of all, Shai, I'm totally gonna adopt uh, Israeli swagger. Uh, like let's <laughs> let's let's exchange Jewish chutzpah with like Jewish swagger. I like that a lot. Um, yeah. I think it's nicer. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, Again, very technical, uh, not not like a big uh, uh, inspirational speech here. I think it didn't even occur to me that this could be problematic until like one guy when I was fundraising and stuff without reading the script, just wow. hearing a concept of, an, of you know, spoiler, spoiler. And Frank. And yes. Frank. <laughs> um, he was like, this is bordering on Holocaust denial. And I took it, I know, and I, you know, it's, you know, I didn't think of it. I just thought that it would be like, oh, you know, rewriting something that had to do with her memory. Yeah. Yeah. It'd be offensive. I didn't even think of it that far. I'm actually happy that we get to talk about it because I was like, case in point, this guy did not read the script. Right. And I, 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 I took it so hard because I'm a third generation. My grandpa was in Auschwitz, you know, and I, and when I was in 11th grade, of course, I went and visited the camps and it's a, oh. and, uh, and, uh, fighting anti-Semitism is a, is a very, is close to my heart. And, and this is a growing, um, I don't want to call it growing passion because it's not even about passion. <laughs> it's a survival mode situation. It's a growing, whatever, every necessity. single day. 
Exactly. Um, and, and wait, let me just make a quick commercial. People should follow Khan on Instagram, and she has an entire story highlight dedicated to anti-Semitism, and she says some incredibly intelligent, thoughtful things in that section. And I've copied some of it to my like, you know. Anyway, everyone should check out. Her yeah, and you know what's uh, class, right? You know what's said about it, Chai? It's album number three at this point because the other ones just ran out of room. So I have anti-Semitism one, two, and three oh my on my God. highlights. I know. Um, and thank you for doing that and for continuing to post that stuff. We yeah. definitely that really means a lot to us. Yeah, thank of you. course. I mean, I think I think I wanted to do it for the longest time and I was so afraid of like rocking the boat. And I think a lot of us are like trying to be good Jews, whatever that means, you know, because it's 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 so easy to identify when it comes from certain uh, political aspects, but not so much from others. And I, I'm glad that the world is maybe waking up slowly, but surely, I hope. So yeah, um, so uh, back to our uh, so-called Holocaust denial. Yeah, I took it very hard. And that, I, that's, yeah. That's I spoke to many friends who were like, you know, if he had read the script, he would never, and it it happened again, because a friend of mine tried to connect me to a rabbi, and he said something similar, but when then then he read the script, I was like, oh, that's not it at all, I'm like, of course it's not, because, uh, you know, and again, delving into spoiler territory, and I guess we're just getting there, so if people want to watch the film first, maybe pause this episode and come back later, but in the best case scenario, in which, like we said, and potentially survived, right, in her best case scenario, she was still a Holocaust survivor. That's not a best case scenario. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah it, right. In the in the best case of this story, she's in hiding, but so traumatized. Yeah. Because she was in a concentration camp. Exactly. So, so it, it, it's not pretending as if, she, like, it would be different if you had pretended that she ne never was in the Holocaust and had yeah. gotten away and, like, grew up in, like, a beautiful house somewhere in I don't you know, know yeah we're talking England about or the united that. states or something that's not the same thing right also also i i would say and i'm a big big fan of comic books comic book movies and i'm also a big fan of midrash and midrash for those who are listening are stories that are told as like add-on what if switches you know different angles of stories from the bible that are richly part of Jewish tradition and they they often contradict something you already thought but as a way of exploring other emotions and thoughts so for me I see this movie as deeply in the tradition of Midrash of Jewish Midrash this is a Midrash on you know what if Anne Frank survived and what would that mean to her and what would that mean and and, and so to me like I, I never even got 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 you know would have gone that way because i really saw it as very much in our tradition because it's not like you're presenting this as a documentary also right you know like you know it doesn't say based on a true story but yeah. i also think you know anne frank in this last year has gotten weirdly dragged because she is oh this my symbol, god you know when she was dragged in last is it last summer when she was described as having white privilege which is like Dies in a Holocaust, so that's my privilege. <laughs> you know, like I can't, it blows my mind. But yeah, Shai, and, and you know, uh, uh, talked about it a little bit last week in Indianapolis uh, uh, in a conversation with our now mutual friend, uh, Mike Abrams. And I think it was an, a question from the audience. And it's like, you know, they asked if I haven't, if I ever built like a, a fictional timeline before and after the movie. And I was talking about the fact that for me, and of course I want the audience to have their own ideas, but for me, she escaped like so many after the war, 
came to the U.S., did not know her father was alive. Because so many people remember, this is not Facebook time. This is not social right. media time. She, exactly. She's not posting hashtag survivor. Where, where yeah, where, where is dad? Right. Yeah. So, so, so many people, we still hear these stories, right? Until nowadays about families being reunited. All these yeah. years later, because finally mm. through social media, their grandkids, their great grandkids. Right. So right. to me, in this scenario, she would just not know that her would assume her father did not survive, which I, I think is actually a, a, a very sensible thing for someone to assume at that time and won't find out he survived until after he released the book because he didn't think his daughter survived, you know? And so we putting her in this movie, in the situation where this uh, fame was kind of like forced upon her uh blessings and, and blessing in disguise potentially because maybe that's how she found out her dad is still alive and you know reconnected behind the scenes right. i'm saying right. there's that's, like a lot the, there's yeah. so much that you and i love that you don't get into it and i yeah. love that you never say it it's right. never actually said which is you know and and in really great art and really great movies in film what's not said is so often so much more powerful than all like when they talk about everything and say everything and it's not it's not necessary if you're following remotely history you can pick up on what's happening in the movie and it's to me there's a few layers to that of what of how they don't the characters don't give you a lot of explanation and you know the granddaughter played by you doesn't you know be like so then what happened where'd you go what you know it's not about that and it also allows the audience to fill it in maybe she escaped maybe she hasn't been in touch with her dad she was in touch with her dad just no one knew about it the book becomes so big she kind of can't yeah. get out in front of it and and live a normal life as Anne Frank and so so there's all these layers but to me one of the most spectacular parts of it and I'm going to try not to cry is just this grand this granddaughter who can see her grandmother we had the privilege of being very close to our grandmothers both refugees one from cuba one from what was russia at the time but te technically ukraine um when they were one was a child and one was an adult as they fleed their countries and um just they were incredible women and we had wonderful relationships with them and seeing this granddaughter able to see her grandmother like that and that to me was so powerful and then adding on the top of what she's seeing is a lot right like really intense and to not have it become a gossip session where she's like asking all these questions that everybody's dying to ask is very beautiful how measured it is and I was going to ask you, you, but you do live, leave one nugget at the end right. of a little extra information about Margot. And I yeah. was wondering wait, what wait, made you. Wait, oh, don't, don't give it away. It's okay. We said at the top and multiple yeah. times, okay, that's it's fair. a 15 that's minute movie. And, and, stop the, stop yeah. the thing, go watch the <laughs> movie and come back. Like if well, you're this before, far into this episode. You, before you even ask, ask your question, I just want to continuing on your point, Lily. Um, I think one of the things what I took away from 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 the from the reveal at the end is 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 also giving back the choice in Frank or to this character of whether or not she wants to be the face of this tragedy. Right. And this little girl, in reality, she never had a choice. That book was published, and you know, but this character is choosing to maintain her privacy. And I found that very powerful because not everyone who's a survivor of something of any of any sort of trauma wants to be on public display for it and and that's a very 
important reminder, you know? Yeah, yeah, you know, and, and we discussed this a lot, Tova and myself, and, and I, I talk about this a lot, that people react to trauma so differently, right? You're talking about your grandmothers and, you know, seeing them and, and I'm assuming, based on what you're saying, getting to talk to them about what they experienced, um, give or take. Some people make take. it, yeah. right, some, some people make it their life mission to talk about this. My mm. grandpa said he passed away when I was like one year old. I know for my mom, never wanted to talk about this, never. So like, there's no one way to process trauma. Uh, mm. I'm not going to judge a survivor who don't want to talk about this. Um, mm. I'm very grateful for the ones who do because we need this. I think uh, when we're thinking about uh, the granddaughter, she's coming from, in, in her mind, uh, a place of ideology. Like, you know, you can do good with this. And the grandma is like, I lived long enough to know that it might not be the case and people might not be happy. Um, and, and that was before people dragged Anne Frank uh, over right. the summer. So maybe we weren't so far off. I will tell you right. one thing. one thing that made me happy and i'm not here to shame anyone but the movie came out online right three to three four days ago one of the comments i got uh was uh, oh i didn't know who Anne frank is and i know oh, i know we guys are all shocked yeah. i told my sister she's like how come and i'm like because not everywhere in the world uh the holocaust is in people's curriculums it's it's you know whether or not we agree with this is a different thing but it, and, you know and, and when they're doing their uh, you'll see people interviewing like younger generations on the streets today and ask them how many people died during the Holocaust and be like a hundred thousand, you know? Um, yeah. I'm like, okay. Uh, representation matters as we know, but it rather than like, sure, it was shocking, but this is one more person who now knows who she is. who didn't know before. I'm like, my movie did that, you know, not, not even from the place of like uh, tapping, patting myself on the shoulder, but from a bit kind of, a, thank you. Thank you. But and, I mean, like, and, and, and I'll just say that also the way you're handling that, right, like is very graceful. Um, and one of the things in the last few years of everybody learning hard lessons about each other's cultures, uh, one of my mentors has given me the advice of like, be graceful with people, be gracious with them, give them grace to learn, give right, them space right. to learn. And I think that's great. Right. Because if and you're like, what do you mean you I don't think, know Ed Frank and like shame that person, then, right, then it's, what's the point? And and your name, Fen, means grace. Right. And it is also your the part of the name of your production company, yeah. right. Grace Dragon <laughs> Productions, because Drachman, right, is dragon, right? So you are yeah. you are Grace Dragon Productions. And this is my segue to say beyond the Karuz, you, <laughs> you have something amazing happening. Because you're working with one of our heroes, one of our favorite people, one of the people we like deeply love, a mutual friend, the great. She's always introduced as the great Janet Varney when we <laughs> talk about her. Um, can you t before we ask you about all the other shows and things you're watching? Can you tell us a little bit about the amazing picture of Janet with yellow Converse that you <laughs> have on your Instagram? First of all, uh, I don't know. We don't know if Jenna will listen or not, but I guess I think she'll be very happy if we mention she introduced us. I think she takes a lot of pride in that. So, you know. That is uh, true. She did introduce yeah. us. So, yeah, we love we love Janet a ton. And, and she's got great instincts because I feel like this was a lovely match. Oh, 100%. <laughs> and I, I told her I since then introduced uh, Shai to another friend. 
who now I understand will probably come at some point to do your po- podcast and vice this versa. Is, Glenn introduced me to the Cats podcast guy that we're going to do the thing with. Oh my yeah. God. That so guy's that, hilarious. That, that, that's a big one. That's cool. Yeah. So I told, I told Janet, like her, her like influence is now like the cycle is getting bigger, you know, uh, <laughs> by proxy. Yeah. Uh, she was very pleased. Um, yeah, so uh, Janet's amazing. I obviously a big fan of Legend of Korra, and I'm a very loyal fan. So once I love you in one thing, I will most likely uh, follow like you. Shy. I, I, you know, like, this is very much like Shai. It helps if the person in question is also very kind and lovely. So you kind of want a them mensch, to a true mensch. Yeah, a, whatever a is the, the female yeah. equivalent, I guess a mensch can be a. You know, let's use it as a Unisex, bisexual. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm I'm very happy to. Yes, Janet is a true mensch. Um, I wrote this uh, short, which I thought was, and again, not to, <laughs> I thought it was quite idiotic. <laughs> and it was silly fun. Uh, 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 short about a girl who travels one too many times, air travel. And that, of course, is based on true experience because I was, as I mentioned before we started recording, um, going all over the place with uh, the Book of Ruth. And it, it is very tiring. I know it's first world problem, right. but tra- but flying out every other week I mean, is, yeah. A, it is a lot. When you also have a day job. <laughs> yeah, so, you know. Um, so I was like, oh my God, I wish I could just, was in a hotel room packing to fly back home. That was Sedona. I uh, love Sedona and their festival is wonderful. And I was like thinking, oh my God, I wish I just didn't have to go through this flight I wish I could turn myself into a teeny tiny object just for the duration of the flight. And then I started like, I'll be like, you know, I won't feel turbulence if I do that. And I won't suffer from lack of leg room. I will just like chill the entire trip. Won't have to eat airplane food. Won't have to go to the bathroom. And I'm like, then my my mind that likes to, you know, think what ifs. I was like, oh, what would I be if I turn myself into an object? It's like, oh, I'll turn myself to like, Probably like a pair of shoes. I can like, again, the our listeners cannot see the movement I'm doing, but basically I was like, oh, I can step. It would be very cute if I could like split my consciousness between two shoes, and you know. Um, and then I was like, oh, that would be funny. And then like, I'll, I'll go to the security guy and he won't look at me and he'll be like, shoes on the table, please. I'm like, but I'm already a shoe, you know? <laughs> and so all sorts of like very silly shoe puns and shoe situations came about. I'm like, oh yeah, blah, blah, blah. Um, so I was like, yeah, I should write this down. Maybe there's something there. And that's how, uh, the script for, but I'm a shoe came about. And, you know, when I write, I write for myself usually, cause I'm an actress too. And, uh, this is the one thing I can control. I can't control casting directors, but I can control casting myself in my projects. And then I went to the deep in the heart film festival in Waco in July. They, uh, chose the script as one of their nominees for best stunt for the screenplay. And we Mazel did a, thank that you. wonderful. Uh, we did a live reading. And as I was there, I was like, oh, you know, it might be actually realistic to film this here because I need an airport and the Waco. <laughs> At this point, listen, and the director, the lovely director of festival was like, hey, listen, the Waco airport has two gates. I'm like, great. I cannot imagine this happening in JFK, you know? And I know friends there now. I've, I've, this is the second time I've been back to this amazing festival. The Book of Ruth won Best Family Show there last year. I love them so much. And so there's a community that I feel like will rally behind. And then as I flew home from there, I was like, wait a minute. I know I wrote it to myself, but I actually know my favorite voice actress. <laughs> 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 like, you know, I should ask Janet if she wants to do this. 
And then uh, when I was in LA a few, uh, a couple of months ago, again, with the Book of Ruth, <laughs> um, Janet and I went on a little hike and by little, I mean two hours long during the heat wave in LA. Um, and I was like, and this is pretty much verbatim. At this point, she knew about the idea, but I haven't asked her yet. I was like, hey, Janet, how would you feel about playing a shoe? And she's like, I'll feel great about playing a shoe. I was like, okay, she's done. So you know, I know, I know. That's amazing. And to, I guess, uh, yeah. to go back to your question, Shai, uh, we actually reached out to Converse. <laughs> I told them, would you help us cut some costs? By so we do you know Janet Varda? She's gonna voice one of your shoes, a yellow Converse shoe. Would you mind sending her a pair of shoes and like help us with the cost a little bit? And they say, okay. And so Janet, it's not easy to get a yellow Converse shoe. Is it not? No, it's not. And for the film, Ready or Not, they had to paint them. Oh, wow. So not feeling the Yeah, we learned that. And we we learned that from one of our amazing guests, Michelle Reed, who is a cosplayer and gamer. And Michelle had to paint her Converse yellow to do it. And she... And in her research, she found out it was authentic for the movie because that's what they had to do. They for had that to movie. do because. Um, also, can we just point out another moment of Israeli swagger with him just asking for stuff, and <laughs> her reaction is like, "What? Like it's hard? Like a little? Like you're just like, yeah, you just get some yellow converts. Well, you're no, amazing." I, I, I listen. I didn't know the yellow part was hard, so now I'll tell you. They actually <laughs> sent Janet two sizes just in case, so now I feel like even bigger of an achievement. But uh, getting their email was really hard. It's nowhere on their website. I tried their like tech support. They're like, we cannot give it to you. I'm like, what is this? The Mossad? Like, what's going on? You know. <laughs> Eventually, we managed, and they were like very nice about it and very lovely. And so now Janet got it, and that's the picture you saw. That's on... the wonderful picture. I know, on, right? On Janet's on like, I hope you like it. I'm like, are you kidding me? I thought you're gonna hold it in your hand. You're like, what are you doing? This is amazing. It's so, a wonderful picture. Plus her the shirt that she's wearing. I know. It looks great. The colors are great. Can it's always on count Grace. on her for stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. Grace Dragon Productions on Instagram. You can see that picture. Yeah. Uh, so Ken, you have established that you have amazing taste. And now we need to know, because we always like people's shout outs and recommendations. Right. And I know you have many, because as soon as we became friends, you were texting me shows that I had to watch. I know. Which is I know. Uh, um, what have you been watching? What are you into? What, what, oh what, are, your, what, are, your big, what are your big shows? Oh, my God. I'm going to open the list. I know this is kind of a little bit of how the sausage gets made, right? But I don't remember <laughs> a lot of stuff. All right. So what No, that, that's okay. Okay, so let's talk about high school, right? Because here are two things you're going to love about this. A, it's mm-hmm. queer. B, it's Canadian. So I, I, I'm sure yeah. I'm talking to the right people here. Um, I love this. I love yeah. this. So high school. Okay, so Tegan and Sarah, right? Canadian duo mm-hmm. uh, has been in the business for like 20 years now. Identical right. twins. Very mm-hmm. awesome. So as I established, it's hard for me to kind of like... Uh, absorb content for audio. I, I'm a huge fan of music. I studied musical theater. People think when I tell them I don't listen much to music is that I hate music. That's their take. I love music. It's just hard for me to work with music. So I have my favorites and I go back to them. So, you know, with Tegan and Sarah, um, I'm not one of the people who grew up with them. I heard about him after I moved here. Also, as a member of the mm-hmm. LGBTQ community, I just thought their whole thing is just cool. So I always knew like their most... Uh, famous songs but when the show came out high school which is based on their memoir from a few years ago also called high school Mm -hmm. um i was like oh it's clea duval 
adapting. Yes, yeah, she directed it. She's also Canadian, no? Is she? No, I don't. I don't think she's okay. Canadian. But listen, she, nobody can she, be perfect, you know. Exactly, but she wrote it and directed it, which is yes, yes. So she adapted it, um, rented with another writer whose name I've forgotten, which is a terrible sin as a writer. But I'm sorry. Um, but um, they, she wrote it with Sarah Quinn and Tegan. Well, that's Quinn. Sarah. Yeah. yeah, Tegan and Sarah and Laura Kittrell. Kittrell. Yeah, that's yeah, that's yeah. the name that I forgot. Thank you for that. Um, so, you know, it follows their years before uh, becoming the band that they are today. I thought it was really interesting. They're talking about how this is the time when they found their love to music by by accident. This is the time that they were starting to deal with the fact that they were both gay um, and they weren't close. They were at each other's throats constantly, except for when they were playing music. And they're like, you know, it's breaking a lot of things that people think about twins um right, right. i thought it was great it actually made me and their new album's amazing so hen went uh you know hen did something she doesn't do very often listen to the whole album it's like oh my god every single song is so great so i highly recommend cry baby they're touring with it now i think they're gonna be in vancouver at the very end of the month with it um and i went to read their book which was excellent so i guess this is a triple recommendation but the show is great i think you know a lot of people have said that but I'll say it again, just like Legend of Korra would have been very helpful for me as a kid growing up to see, you know, these queer coming out stories and, and you know, and um, the twins that are playing them have never acted before, worked at a pizza place wow. in Fresno, and they found them on TikTok and Clea thought they lost their minds, but they're great. And it adds so much authenticity because these girls are like discovering right. themselves. So I really, and Co- Kobe Smolders, who's like Canada's pride. Ah. <laughs> Love National Kobe treasure. National I, treasure. I, I, I was the hardest core fan of Stumptown. There you go. I love Stumptown. Ugh. Gone too I soon. I love Stumptown. Gone I can't believe it. That is true. That was a great yeah. um, She plays their mom. So it's really, really great. Um, I, I highly recommend. And that was, and it was, you know, it's all, it, all the episodes are free on Amazon, not just for Prime members. They have this, oh, I guess, service great. called, yeah. Freebie, 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 freebie. Yeah. yeah. So what everyone, used to be the IMDb channel. Or whatever that was. Yes. Now it's, yeah. So it's available for everyone. Um, I just binged, finished last night, actually, uh, Abbott uh, Elementary, Elementary, which for some reason I keep calling oh, Abbott Academy. <laughs> yeah. I feel like it's, you know, it's a soul sister of Parks and Recreation, which I love so much that optimism. Oh, so do we. Yeah, so really recommend it. Love it. Um, what else? Complete, you know, the opposite would be that I just finished the most recent season of The Handmaid's Tale. And Ooh, I have yeah. to say, I know, I have to I say, you guys, do it. I, I understand, but... Also Canadian, know, originally. Canadian. I know, I know, yeah. We had to read it in school. I had to read it like three times. Um, well, I, I'm reading The Testament now, and it's pretty great, actually. Oh, yeah? Um, yeah, I, f- I find ways to cleanse, right? This is why, I, oh, Handmaid's right. Tale, I'll watch Abbott Elementary <laughs> after. But uh, this season I thought was very strong. I think it, with the exception of the first, I think it's their best season. And it's rare for shows. Um, they are smart to recognize that the most interesting dynamic for the viewers are, um, you know, June and Serena. So that you get that nuggets uh, never enough. But I have a feeling without spoiling too much, we'll get more of that in the next season. Um, but it's great that they put so much emphasis on them this season. And I guess the last thing that I just started is the new season of The Crown. 
not bad. I, I think it's the second to last. I, I personally am a fan of the show. We're, we're I, catching up to the present. So. I know. It's so <laughs> it's, it's a little awkward now, but right. you know. Um, and yeah, that's about it. If we're talking about like a non-new recommendation, and that's the one I, I, t- I told Shai and Becky, they have to watch Harley Quinn, the the um, the animated show. And you know, and animated I'll, yeah, and I'll tell you this, it's no longer uh, taboo to say that. Janet's going to be in an episode coming out. I saw she was listed on IMDb with it now. So we can talk about the fact that Janet's going to be in an upcoming episode. Oh, yeah. So very see, cool. You have to catch up. She's also the character's Jewish. And, and they mentioned oh, it. Yeah. And, and, yeah. And, and, and even though, you know, we love to see Jewish women played by Jewish women, she's played by an actor who I've become a huge fan of, of Kaylee Kuoko, who I had no idea who she was. I called her Katie Kuoko, like when my mother mixes up actors' names, for a year. But I loved The Flight Attendant. I thought that was such mm-hmm. a cool show, yeah, and I yeah. love and I love that she's in Harley Quinn. So we gotta, yeah. I gotta watch that. Pick and I'll tell you, as, as amazing awesome. as, I mean, as amazing as Harley is, my love on this show is Lake Bell as as Poison Ivy, just perfection. Oh, I love oh, Lake, Lake Bell. Bell. That's awesome. Lake yeah. Bell is so great. I'm a huge um, fan. Love her. Uh, that's wonderful. Okay, I'll go on some of my recommendations now. Um, first of all, by the time this episode comes out, assuming CD Baby doesn't screw us up, Howie and I, aka What Does It Eat, will have our new record out on Tuesday, November 15th. And uh, our music video, I say loosely, but our music video is uh, for the song Scraps, which is a, a song Howie wrote for his friend's dog. And all the entire video is friends who sent us home videos of their dogs. I so said you, even if you're like not interested in the song, somebody else's dog too. I didn't even I, my <laughs> dog, and then I added someone I, else's. Lily, there you sent me a video of someone's dog chewing on their kid's butt, and it is a hundred percent in. I knew it video. would be. <laughs> but it also, speaking of Janet, it also includes um, uh, appearances by both her dogs, Jasper and Whitney. But are and they and wearing the bandana Becky got them is the question. <laughs> no, no, I don't think, no, 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 I don't think so. Um, so you mean the single bandana brought for two dogs to share? Yeah. Just go to what, Very thoughtful. Very yeah. thoughtful. You're going to have one present and share yeah, just, it. Just go to whatdoesiteat.com or go to all of our socials. It'll be up. Um, I continue to my my effort of reading. I want. I feel like I need to update people on my reading. Um, the um, wait. Sorry, uh, and Ken has re- really given us a, a, an understanding of how you interact with media and mediums, and how you feel about listening to things is how Shy feels about reading anything. Then I'm very yeah. proud of you of making but the Okay. I've it's committed this different. year that I'm going to read more and I'm going to be reading graphic novels and comic books because I do enjoy them. And I am reading um, AWA Studios, The Resistance Universe, The Origins, which is a trade paperback that will also have come out by the time this episode drops uh, that you can get at your comic book stores and other places um, online. Um, that uh, it includes, um, it's the first issue of all of the comics in their shared universe. So if you're someone like Lily that loves backstory and wants to set up for everything, it's really good. But also it it allows you to jump. It's like a sampler packet. It's really, really cool. You get a little section of this different universe. So anyways, I highly recommend that. I'm watching Andor, the Star Wars show. I am eight episodes in and it is finally officially good. But um, 
uh, it took a lot of energy for me. Like I have a lot of questions about just how, like how time is passing in the show. But I can't, I can't recommend it. But at the point that I'm at, I will say it is some of the best act all the way through. It's some of the best acting in all of Star Wars. It looks and feels different, which I think is really cool and refreshing. Um, uh, uh, but like, I, there's this other side of me that's that is thinking while I'm watching it, like the expanse is did the same thing that I feel like this is, this is like the expanse of star Wars. Like it's all politics and interesting, like, or at this point it's politics and secret police. And I, you know, the expanse was better, but, but like it, it's getting good, but you gotta, I, I personally think I you watch like the second episode to no, wait no, no. for something. To watch get the good. second, watch the second episode and then watch episode seven by episode. Like I'm going to watch seven. no episodes of this. <laughs> <laughs> I feel about this show how you feel about listening to podcasts and you feel about reading. Oh man. I'm not I will uh, say the fair, parallels okay, between the parallels between Fun and Shy are, are astounding because are you're astounding. not the same person because there are some like depth. Shy's not watching The Crown, let's be honest. But right. I just sort of feel like the array of recommendations, the absolute inability to consume a particular type of media. You, the two of you have just certain parallels that are, it's like a shot. We were, we were, we were, we were, yeah, we'll have them step we in one time for friends. you if you're not available. Well, well, it, it'll be an well, easy one. Well, we, 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 we're made to be friends. Okay, so White Lotus season two started it. Amazing, Mike White's <gasps> genius. Uh, last night, you want to hear some found money? Mm. Allie and I, the show Blockbuster is already on Netflix. Randall already? Park, Melissa Fumero. And it's about oh. people working in the last blockbuster, and it's a, like a workplace comedy. And it was that sounds amazing. Delicious dessert. And this cast sounds superb. Del- yeah, yeah, del- delicious dessert at the end of the day, like just delicious. So that's good. That's my that's my that's show. my big one. All right, all right, Lily, we need a over to you. Dessert show what you because I am on the last episode of Under the Banner of Heaven, and woof, that is I couldn't sleep last yeah, night. That's a good show. Oh wow. That's a good show. That is that your show. kind of show, Lily, isn't it? Oof, yeah, and it and it's it gives the history of a community and a religion that I thought I knew a bunch about, and I really well, I would also say it's probably it. not like people in the LDS are probably not going to say this is the definitive <laughs> history of their religion. I'm right, and it's about um, the Mormon community and then the fundamentalist Mormon community, and I'm sure it doesn't represent, but I think that's what's really interesting. It shows um, people who are very dedicated to their religion, but, you know, live traditional lives and part of society or whatever, and then how it can be distorted in the past and in the present of the 80s because it takes by, by, ex- by, by, by extremists by fundamentalists and as Jews right. we're very familiar with that happening in our religion so what are you I, talking I, I, about? there's a certain amount yeah what do you, what are you under under the bed un- oh what are you talking yeah. about I'm like I'm like uh, <laughs> <Fundamentalist> <laughs> yeah. Jews. and 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 the what? shame you know what it's it and I mean it's about a specific crime uh or crimes but but the shame that you when when something near your religion happens and it's and it's a tragedy the shame that you carry with you and feel when you didn't go and do that thing but if somebody uses your your identity part of your identity in that name or in that vein how responsible and how shameful it is when you're just trying to go about your business and be a, a devote person to this cause or whatever and that's also really i mean i think anybody who's ever 
even like if you're an atheist it's really interesting because they so much believe in this god but you know my husband is very much an atheist and he it doesn't matter because you we live in a society where there's religion so believing god aside you can see how you know it's very intense how people can are connecting to this particular religion in this place where everybody is like you know most people are like them and in you it takes place in utah um which is where the most of the mormons are and so um based on it, it's a true story and oh, wow. it's really intense andrew garfield i feel like they were like okay we need an actor who can look like he's almost going to cry the entire season, but only cry at the end. <laughs> They're like, can you? And he was like, guys, 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 I can, um, I've got this. I can almost cry for six and a half episodes. And then I can cry. He's so good. Because everything he does. He's so good because he's also literally almost always about to cry. So he's like on the edge of, of crying. Um, and he's, uh, but it's also uh, Russell Wyatt. Uh, Wyatt Russell, just kidding. I don't know why. I switched oh, his yeah, name. yeah, yeah. Uh, Wyatt Russell. No, that's another mom move. That was good. Yeah. That's, mom uh, exactly who's, who's the progeny of well, no, but she would, but she would call him, But she would call him, but, but mom would call him Russell Quaid. Russell Quaid, right. <laughs> but no, he is, he's the progeny of the great Kurt, Kurt Russell and uh, Goldie Hawn. And he knocks it, oh my God, he is, goes from one extreme to another in this Wait, show. I didn't know that. That Wyatt Russell is their kid? Yeah, and I just feel like a huge light bulb went off and everything makes sense now. I'm Googling stuff now. This is wild. Yeah. Google, and he's Kate. I'm Hudson. so happy yeah. I showed up today. That's amazing. <laughs> that makes so much sense. Oliver he's, Hudson's half-brother. Half they're his half-siblings. Yeah, he's... Can Wyatt I, Russell is so incredibly he's talented. He's so good, and yeah. he's brilliant in this role. And then um the not hemsworth god I'm Be- becky's on becky's favorite Be- becky's favorite uh, why am i blanking on not avatar air non-avatar airbender no. universe avatar actor sam worthington sam worthington oh. that's it oh my god <laughs> that's the other avatar oh my god not the not hemsworth that's amazing the, you know the like the hot australian guy yeah, is not a hemsworth yeah. <laughs> he and he's a fantastic actor my god also was like oh i guess he's gonna be the bad guy because he's the other great actor in this mm-hmm. show when we first started watching it and i was like no just watch because wyatt russell's amazing and the the um, the um, other cop that is partners with Andrew Garfield is played by a Native American actor. So there's a tension of, mm-hmm. of the two, you know, it was amazing. cultures. Um, yeah, it's very intense, though. And and I do I do really recommend it because it's also like an interesting it true story about good. the U.S. Um, about this thing that happened in the United States. Um, and then um, to pair that up, I'm deep into The Vow, which is about a insane cult. Oh. That recently, it's, I feel was horrible loving US. this show as much as I do. It's so insane how a it. how much footage they have, how many episodes I've put into this. <laughs> like I feel like I could have gotten some sort of degree with the amount of time I have spent on this show, um, and the hours I've put into it. But it's it's riveting. Andor in could way. use a few reveal. Andor could use a few reveals, <laughs> like like the like vow. The vow. Which is on HBO. Um, Under the Banner of Heaven is on Hulu, by the way. This uh, uh, this is on HBO, and it's just fascinating. Again, human nature. Watching how people got distorted and hooked and into this whole thing. I was in a culture once, so like you know, you're it's what? Always, 
I was in what? a cult show once. Well, the past. Yeah, no, we're Shai and I are about to start a second podcast just on cults. About, well, what then, then of... call hit me up. Uh, the past, what? which was on Hulu, starring Aaron Paul. Oh. Yes. Oh. And Michelle Moynihan and and uh, Hugh Dancy and. Um, Jeez. Was, yeah. Wow. How was that? It was a hippie cult, so of course you know they wanted they, me to their they... vegan hippie cult. Uh, I was a cult member and I started as a background on it and like I was there for a whole season as a feature background and then I, I got to be in three episodes, which was great. And that's really cool. Yeah. We have to check that out, Shai. Shai <laughs> we have to check that out right now. Shai and I are like a little bit obsessed with cults, so that's definitely up right. They're fascinating, of course. Um yeah. and then and then to balance all this out, like Ken was saying, you gotta have a little balance. Um, at night I have been watching, I'm almost done and I'm sad, crazy ex-girlfriend. Oh I have just like a few episodes left. And I feel like I'm in the, such a sweet spot in that show because the characters have evolved enough that you're yeah. really enjoying where they've yeah. gotten to. Um, and I do find the title of that show very unfortunate, but the show itself is just pure magic and i'm not even you did musical theater so you probably you know can connect with it more but i'm not that into musical yeah. theater and um besides cats of course and so <laughs> other than that and oh, and boy. it's not like my like big thing but it's it's just such a great like like it's someone's hugging your heart yeah um and the show doesn't it has some dark episodes too but it's it's yeah. really so excellent and you got um, some so, Tova screen time. I so. did, and I and I get to see her be just phenomenal in her yeah. role. Um, so yeah, those are mine. Becky, all right, Becky. Um, all right, so I don't. I've been. I don't have a lot. I'm not gonna lie. You've been traveling. Don't. I've been traveling. We were visiting my husband's family, so I didn't, you know, do a ton of watching. I did read two. Uh, I'm sorry. I read two graphic novels. I read AWAs from AWA. I read um, Not All Robots, which I believe I already talked about once and is just out of this world and incredible. And I just, yeah, I, I like how soon is volume two coming out because I need to know what happens. Um, and then I reread our dear friend, Chris Miscavige's uh, and, and Vincent King's um, graphic novel, This Is Where We Fall. Oh, um oh, and that is a really fun ride i super recommend it like not all robots there's vol you know the story is going to be ongoing but the story of all is just it's this one book and it's so it's so much fun to read and it does not go where you expect it to go um and i don't want to ruin it so i'm not going to say more than that but i really really highly recommend pe people pick it up we posted about it a ton um that's a great one and then watching um did we talk we must have said it last week we all watched the weird album we watched that yeah. that's kind of like the last new thing i watched other than that i've just been watching episodes of letter kenny and psych i've been like a real the days have been long and i just need a little comfort food at the end of the day and then that's what i'm watching you guys, so, I, I didn't even know we can recommend graphic novels. I didn't even know it was an option. I didn't know either. I had this well, is the first no, no. It's, a it's, it's only because only I haven't been, been it's only because I haven't been, watching, only been so. allowed recently. There's, okay. there's only been but, allowed but recently I, because I started reading. Books have fair. been not allowed on this show for a very long time. <laughs> we call so, them documentaries. Uh, Those are the only books Shai has read. Documentary film. Those are the books of fair. movies. 
Fair, and so fair. The books books now he's he's gotten and, and graphic novels are the movies of books. No, that I've, is correct. I've been, I've been a comic book fan since I was a kid. I have tons of comics and I am trying to purge things from my house. And so I have a commitment that if I'm going to keep the comics I have, I have to read them. Okay. As we wrap, Sandrachman, writer and star of the Book of Ruth, which everyone should be watching on the Book of Ruth Film dot net. The Book of Ruth Film dot com or Amleto or Amlito or Amalito, depending on how you pronounce it on YouTube. You can Google that. Um, I can go see the movie, but also get a recipe for making omelets. I've heard it both ways. Yeah. <laughs> it's beautiful. Amalito um, um, also, um, also put out the Shabbos Goy, which is one of our other favorite um jewish shorts, shorts. um uh, uh and um and then grace dragon productions has um has uh this amazing film coming about the shoe with starring the great uh janet varney um where else what else do you want to plug what else sh- should people follow you on uh i guess i should say i also working on a hanukkah romantic comedy but leave it at that just because i know oh we're okay God. And now we can stay, we can, we guys can stay on and chat after, but you know, okay. I will only say, sorry, Shai? If there was ever a need oh, no, in the market, say, and it, and, there was ever a hole in the market. Yeah. And it'll this. be a good one. It'll be a good one. I hope yeah. so. Uh, I will only say, cause I'm very proud of the title. It's called the night before the other seven nights. So, you know, <laughs> that's, that's, that's the only thing I want to say. Yeah. I mean, that's I'm, really uh, you look for Hendrachman everywhere, you'll find it. I use uh, the handle Shokoshik, which is a bad joke that I still enjoy. It's S-H-O-K-O-S-H-I-K. And that's everywhere. I hardly go on Twitter anymore, but hey, Twitter's going to die soon anyway, so. Yeah, yeah it's over. Yeah. yeah. Which which is like, it's, I, I'm, I, I, you know, I'm not being political about this. I think a world where we have one less social media thing to check isn't so bad. Especially if it's this uh, one, which is like, uh, you know, I don't know. Right. Uh, um, Lily, uh, Lily, Lily, and Becky. Where can people follow you? Well, you can you follow. Have one place. Well, I'll let Lily, Lily, you you announce it. So you can follow us now together because before we didn't really have a place for you to follow us. <laughs> um, at FNM Sisters on Instagram, that is our account. We seem to share interesting podcast news. And things that we eat or bake. That seems to be the, but we just, it's a brand yeah, new account. So we, we have yet to share good. our dogs. That's, that's great. And um, places we that's, go. That's so, great. so. The dog, the dog drop reveal will be coming. Yes. The dog drop um, will be coming for sure. Um, and thank you so much to Fen. Thank you to Lily and Becky. This was so uh, fun. Lily, do you want to do the show close, closing or do you want me to do it? I um, love, I mean, when you do it, it's pretty funny. Oh gosh. Okay. You can follow us at Friday Night Movie on Instagram and Twitter, even though Twitter is garbage. <laughs> and you can follow us at FridayNightMoviePod.com. Maybe? No. FridayNightMoviePod.com. Friday and you can follow me at Pancake for yeah. Table. And you can follow Shy at Pancake for a Table. And please rate us only five stars. We are not interested in your four-star ratings. <laughs> and I won't even cater to under four. So and, five and above. And the theme music. And the theme is music by, is by what the what? Is new it? album. New album and music video is coming out very shortly. Lily doesn't Thank know you what. So much. Bye guys. Bye.
Bye. Bye. Bye.